listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Jonas, how much credit do you give to the Browns team? And in general, what do you think of the evolution of Baker Mayfield? Well, I think that what's interesting about this is just the timing of, of it all. Because I would also argue that the reason that Trubisky didn't get his option picked up is because they had multiple years to see him in the Matt Nagy offense. And they knew what the ceiling looked like with him and what the floor looked like. Whereas Baker Mayfield finds himself just one year into Stefanski. And they've got all those weapons around him. And I think this year is massive because they've committed to him, yes, but I'm wondering what teams around the league are going to do with another look at Stefanski and that offense and what sort of adjustments they're going to make because I do think there's a possibility that maybe teams and defenses have some answers and Baker's going to have to do a little more on his own. And that is the the real beauty of the give and take, the ebbs and flows as you get more experience in the NFL. So, Jonas, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is, on one hand, and we've heard this a bunch, hey, it's the first year this quarterback's been in the offense. I mean, give him a year, give him another year. You know, so there's a sense of if you're early in the tenure of a coach or a scheme, it kind of is an excuse. But on the other hand, when they tend to do well, there's also the narrative that first year they do well. The narrative is, well, now they got tape on them. And now what are they going to be able to do? So I think both are true. Sometimes you can think, hey, the first year was tougher, second year is going to be easier. And sometimes, sometimes the first year is easier and the second year is tougher. Do you have any sense of which one of those two it would be with Mayfield? The fact he did well makes you think maybe there's a regression, but are we sure? I know we're not sure, but which way do you lean there? I see. If if you were to ask me, and I'm at a betting window, and you said, do you think Baker Mayfield's going to play better than he did last year and improve, or he's going to regress a little bit? I would bet on regression. Really? And, 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 and I like Baker Mayfield, but I just think a lot of things went their way. Like they want to like if we're going to be honest about the playoff game, you know, the first snap of the game goes into the end zone and it was a snowball effect. And all of a sudden the Steelers are scrambling to try and get back into it. And they did make a run in that game for sure. But I just I felt like a lot went their way last year. And I don't know if they're going to get those same breaks. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Are we talking about the Browns? Are we talking about Baker? The Browns as a team, and we've seen when the team struggles and they don't play as well, that Baker Mayfield, when you depend on him to try and win you games, we've seen him not be able to do that. We've seen that the year before. So I think as a team as a whole, him included, they're going to take a step back. And that's the question. Has Baker changed? Has he grown into year three? Or was it the circumstances just got better? Because what we know is quarterbacks that get dismissed where they can't, they're never going to get another start unless someone's hurt are winning quarterbacks. I mean, let's look at Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was in a conference championship game. He couldn't, he can't. Even uh, is he even a backup or is he third string? I'm not sure. He's not, you know, Jonas. I think he was with the Rams last I saw. I but think. but not Cur- as the backup. Yeah. Currently a free agent. Yeah. yeah, he's currently. Yeah, he's available if you need a co-host for the weekend <laughs> right now, Jonas. And he it wasn't that long ago. And think back to this: Jacksonville was leading and was the Vegas favorite yep. in the second half to go to the Super Bowl. Well, I bet Jesus was probably tweeting on that one. <laughs> and the fact is. You know, like in the end of Patton, 
where they say there's the whisper, glory is fleeting. Well, if you're an NFL quarterback that don't have the skills, even if you win, the league is has no mercy. Think about Tim Tebow. His record, he still won, I think, seven of his last nine games. Seven of his last nine. Never take, I don't think, another snap in the NFL. And Trubisky's record is pretty good. I mean, the one loss record. Yep. But they look at the tape and they say, this is what we need to win, and you don't got it. The Browns are saying Baker has it, at least enough for that fifth-year option. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we had a big-time trade in the NFL earlier today. The Ravens trading two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown and a second-round pick to the Chiefs in exchange for three picks in next week's draft, a first, a third, and a fourth. Okay, that's fascinating. So, the Chiefs – so, what we're saying is the move from the first round to the second round – or you could say in the opposite, the Ravens went from the second round to the first round, right? And yes. they both were picking late in the draft, so they moved up about 30 spots or so. Yeah. Right? The Ravens. Yeah. Okay. They didn't get as much there as you might think, because um, if it's just a first-round pick, that looks outstanding, right? Is the Ravens with a guy who my understanding is, and you probably have more insight, Jonas, into this, there was a dispute about left tackle, right tackle, and you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, the way I understand it, so he stepped in when Ronnie Stanley went down, and he was playing. He went from right tackle to left tackle and then took to social media and said he was a left tackle. He was unhappy that he was going to be moving back to right tackle, and part of his reasoning uh, was that his father always wanted him to play left tackle in the <laughs> NFL, so it was like a lifelong dream, and his father, I think, his head passed away, so he wanted to honor his father and have the opportunity to play left tackle somewhere else. And we're not saying it's anything more than a coincidence that left tackles get paid more. Yes, right? very good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and let's be candid. If a father's going to want anything for a son, it's to get paid properly. Absolutely. And it's, it's what Jason Peters from the Eagles uh, last year, when they wanted to move him over, he, he before he agreed to change positions to tackle, he wanted a bump in his contract because tackles make more money. And, and the Eagles gave him that bump in the contract. Well, coincidentally, my father, who's still alive, says it's very important to him that only Colin Cowherd makes more money at FSR <laughs> and, that, and that I would be number two. Okay, I'm not sure good. how it's going to go. Yeah. Maybe not well. <laughs> but, I mean, we got to respect that from a father. No, but all joking aside, whatever the reason, left tackles, whatever the reason for this being so important, left tackles make more money, the blind side. Though, in the years since the book, The Blind Side, than the movie, it's less so the case. The And again, I'm going by the experts I trust, that the whole left and right and, and, and the more formulaic elements of the offense in the NFL, it's a little less predictable like that. But still, left tackle is a little bit more important at minimum. And some teams pay a lot more regardless. Um I was just listening this week to a podcast on PFF, and uh, Joe Thomas, the Browns left tackle, formerly was there uh, interviewed, and he says today he thinks right tackles are equally important, and he's a you know f- he was always a left tackle, but 
in the market, they do get paid more, no doubt about it. It does take a slightly different skill set, as far as I understand. I think you got to make the case Kansas City did a really good job here. Because anytime you have to buy, right? you go to a car dealership and you might buy a car, you are in such a stronger position than if you have to buy a car. And if the salesman knows you have to buy a car, forget about it. You're in big trouble. And in a way, Kansas City has to get tackles, or at least they had to. And the fact that they only gave up about 30 slots effectively in the draft by trading a first-rounder for a second-rounder and got a, a pro bowler. I mean, this is a guy that if you look at PFF's grades on Brown, 77. That means that he is an above-average starter on their grading system, Orlando Brown. And his cap hit this year, now this is the last year under contract, the rookie deal, but it's less than $4 million. So a very reasonably priced, uh, above average at minimum tackle. I mean, I think you got to give an A plus, an A plus to Kansas City. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I would agree, especially the fact that we all saw it play out like that. It, it, it's one thing if yeah. you know you have a glaring weakness and you're mixed in with a bunch of 1 p.m. Eastern time games, but when you're on the biggest stage in sports and your offensive line gets exposed the way that it got exposed, I give them credit. They tore it completely down and they brought in a completely different offensive line. I'm fascinated to see how it works, and and this is a significant upgrade over some of the injuries and stuff that they were dealing with uh, in the Super Bowl. I would say this, at the very least, the offensive line is going to be better than what we saw in the Super Bowl. Well, listen, I, I would make the case the offensive line is good is is projecting to be better than it was in the regular season last yeah. year. No, that's because fair. Yeah. as much as Eric Fisher was the number one pick overall in the draft, he was moving towards being an average tackle. By the again, I can't grade linemen. I'm just looking at the grades out there. And oh, you know, in his 30s, and I forget the guy's uh, was it Schwartz, the guy on the right yeah, side, that, Schwartz, yeah, the, with the back injury, yes, you know. And the rumors are that either one of them might resign. I don't, I don't think either have signed at this point because the injuries are going to extend. I think speculation is into the regular season a little bit, but yeah. they could sign on a project. And it was what Long they signed a guy that was retired for one year. Yeah, Kyle Long had retired for a year dealing with his own injuries and wanted to come back. He visited the Raiders, then he went and saw the Chiefs, and then he signed. I think they got him for like one year, $5 million. So they've done a pretty good job as far as Oh, I think excellent. I mean, you could make the case that this is the one real solidifier, that a young guy, don't expect injuries with as much as with a young guy, good price, good salary cap hit, and now you've got lottery tickets. Right? Maybe Long's a 50-50. But, hey, if he hits, he's worth more than $10 million, So, if you got a 50% chance of $5 million, great. And I think they'll probably have at least one more lottery ticket. Probably will take two linemen in the draft. Maybe, sec- you know, well, I guess they don't have second round. But, um, oh, I guess they got another second round this time. So, they now they got two second rounders in theory. You know, I, I'm predicting at least two linemen in the draft. And my prediction is... The Kansas City's O-line will not be a weakness. And if it's not a weakness, don't forget, as much as we're celebrating Tampa Bay, as much as I thought, you know something? It doesn't make a ton of sense Kansas City's the favorite. We talked about that at length this week, and now Tampa Bay's moving up to be equal to them as the co-favorites to win the Super Bowl, Kansas City and Tampa. 
even with all the injuries Kansas City had coming into the Super Bowl on the O-line, Kansas City was favored. The fact the game went the way it went, we can act like that's gospel, but games go, think of an NBA seven-game series. Right? Team wins by 30 one game, they win by 30, uh, lose by 30 the next. It happens. NFL, it happens too. And I think we're all saying, oh, without, without an O-line, Kansas City's horrible. And they probably are. And the O-line was worse than we expected. But if the O-line was anything like it was during the regular season for Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and they play that game 10 times, probably Kansas City wins it more than five. So as much as they seem to be down right now, the thing that caused them to look so bad in that one game that everyone watched is no longer the case. Closing thoughts on this, Jonas. Yeah, no, I would agree. And we can, you know, it's, it's easy to look at them and find flaws within what they've done and, and all that. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, the performance in the Super Bowl, but what they lost, you know, two games last season, the season before. I think they, they ran off a stretch of like 22 and one at one point as far as consecutive games that they had won since Mahomes came back from his knee injury. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams who would trade those quote unquote issues with Kansas City right now. I think if they just get even an average performance from their offensive line, they're still going to be a tough out in the, in, the, in the NFL next season. No doubt about it. Though the other side of that coin of the long win streak was they had gone like nine straight games without covering. Yeah. So it's like on one hand, and, and, and listen, I was a skeptic and we're now you know on a pretty good streak with our skepticism. I was a skeptic of the Clippers. Right, I think you got to play together well to win. I do, which is making me start to wonder about the Nets. Right? Then I was a skeptic of Kansas City. I don't think the NFL is that you can turn it on like a light switch sport, and it happened not to be. Right? And it doesn't change the fact that they were defending Super Bowl champions, which means maybe they were a little lackadaisical, Kansas City. Now they're looking for redemption. I'm going to be interested to see the intensity the Chiefs play at. Because last year, whatever you want to say, they did not play with enough intensity. And I think it bit them in the end. Last thing on this trade, Bill Barnwell made an interesting point. If you actually do the math on the Jimmy Johnson chart, this is like Kansas City sending the 44th pick to Baltimore for Orlando Brown. Wow. So you're looking at what the uh, 12th pick of the second round yep. for an all-pro. But remember, when you draft someone, you got four years of cost certainty and cheap contracts. Here, you only got one year left. So he's not as va- it's like Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold were a rookie, even if we knew how bad he was, <laughs> even if we knew that he would be worth more than Carolina paid for him because Carolina had to think. Well, heck, I've got to make a decision on Sam Darnold about the fifth-year option. I don't get now. The question is: Is it going to be uh, an Andy Dalton situation? Which is, and this is where I think to wrap up all the NFL, Jonas, the Baker Mayfield thing gets interesting. If Baker has the same year, identically as last year, what kind of now? Now you're not going to enter the fifth year usually with that option picked up without a contract. You could, but you probably won't. Yeah. What kind of deal, if Dak's at 40, you know, Mahomes is more than that, where is this exact Baker Mayfield per year? Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, 
he shouldn't ask for anything less than what Dak is. Dak's getting. Oh my God! So you think he'd be like the second or third highest paid quarterback in the NFL? I, I, Baker I think, Mayfield. I think he's going to ask. You're trying for to give it. Colin a heart attack? No, no. I think I think I think if he has a season like he had last year, and they go to the postseason again, and they finally have some stability at that position for the first time in a long time, and he's the quarterback that's leading this resurgence of the Cleveland Brown organization, I think him and his agent are absolutely going to ask for forty million dollars plus absolutely whether they give it to him i have no idea but i think they're gonna ask for it well hopefully for the love of talk radio we'll have like two years to talk about it <laughs> no. just like I mean, imagine like the 45th time it's like okay rumors are there may be a deal in cleveland now remember with dak he didn't have a 50-year option because he wasn't a first round pick right. so it accelerated things a little bit but you're right because really the question is in any negotiation can you say no can you say – can the Browns say no to 40? Because what do you do then? Do you, you're going to be picking like 23rd. You're going to be like the Patriots or worse. How do you get a quarterback when you're already pretty good? Yeah, you're, right? you're almost backed into a corner because of your history, because of your inability to figure out that position, and yet here they are. They've got a guy, and there's still questions about whether or not he really is the guy from a lot of people on the outside. I mean, in a weird way, that's why I think what Miami's doing seemingly with Tua and backing him might be a mistake. Because imagine the Tua is blowout. Let's say Tua is a little bit better than Trubisky, let's say. And that's not crazy. Yeah. What do you do? Because they're still with that team going to be picking 22nd, 23rd, maybe 18th. But you don't get a good quarterback at 18th typically. You're, you end up being the Bears, who went all in, traded away a first couple of first-round picks for Khalil Mack. Get one and, shot at it. And they've got two playoff appearances and no wins. And in a way, isn't that what the 49ers, where they're going to be? Now, you can get yeah. a guy like um, Fitzmagic. You can get a guy that's the 12th, the 13th best quarterback. It's hard to win a Super Bowl with those guys. Yep. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take on the main event. It's going to be Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. This is a rematch from their fight last July when uh, Masvidal took the fight on short notice, and Usman basically wore him out because that's what he does to everybody. He's a really good wrestler. His striking has gotten better, but Masvidal's been the the talk of the UFC. He's been one of the most uh, the highest selling fighter in the UFC the past couple of years. Just his his persona, everything that comes along with it. I still think uh, Usman is the better fighter and probably gets the win but Masvidal is always a fun watch and always a live dog. So the line I'm seeing right now, odds, is um, the favorite uh, Usman, is, if that's right, is, yeah, 430, is minus 435. Yes. So you got to bet over 4 dog. So it seems like you lean dog there. 
Yeah, I would just based on the on the line and how much you would get back yeah, if Masvidal were to pull it out. Uh, my if I were going to make a pick, and this is only a lean, I, I don't like this, but I would go to the women's fight, one of the women's fight, and I would go to uh, Rose Namajunas, who's a plus one seventy in a lot of places. You can find her a plus one seventy against Weili Zing, uh, who is a really really good fighter. But Rose Namajunas has only lost uh, one time in the last four years. Her one loss was in a title fight she was dominating but she got slammed on her head and they stopped the fight and she got TKO'd uh, you've got Weili Zhang who's coming off this fight this war with Joanna Joan Jacek uh, a couple of years ago <laughs> she has not fought since that was actually last March so it's been a little over a year so I like Rose here as an underdog again I, I, I don't I, I don't bet it myself personally but I would lean that way because you're going to get plus money for Rose well this is hilarious because one of our guys at pregame.com who does the UFC quite well, Sleepy Jay's his forum name, his best bet is on Zhang. So we got a little <laughs> battle here. Now, yes. But I'm going to admit something. I looked at these names. I had no idea it was women. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how do you say the Rose? I guess Rose should have gave it away, but I just saw that last name that had like 14 letters in it. How do you yeah, say that? Rose Namajunas. Uh, they just call her Thug Rose. That's just oh, what she goes well, I by. I like Thug Rose. Yeah. I mean, that's but, not, I want to bet on Thug Rose. But but the, the the woman that Zhang just fought, the Polish fighter, Joanna Joan Jacek, uh, that one don't even try. I don't even know yeah. if I'm saying it right. Yeah, Joanna Joan Jacek. Yeah. Boom. I can do <laughs> This is all a facade. To make me seem folksy and down home. I, Jonas, I could do exactly what you do. I choose not to. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.